Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to What's the Word? The show that's about finding out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Cheval John, and thank you for joining me. I am broadcasting live from uh, the Hilton America's Houston Hotel here in downtown Houston, where, of course, the guest of honor is uh, Cody Sanchez. Now, Mrs. Uh, Sanchez is an investor, entrepreneur, and podcaster. Now, she is uh, she's also, she's an investor for First Trust Latin America and U.S. Offshore Investment Distribution Team, which uh, provides ETS, mutual fund and sale investments, to enable some of the world's leading pension institutions and advisors to reach the investment goals. Now, you're going to hear how she made the transition from being a journalist to become an investor. Now, before we get to the show, I want to say that, um, that this episode is sponsored by Valami LC, which is a marketing agency that helps our businesses uh, navigate social media to, to build a larger audience and in the process become more profitable. Thank you. Visit the website at www.valamimedia.com. Now, of course, uh, without further ado, here's the interview with Cody Sanchez, and I hope you guys have a great afternoon, and of course, you'll see you guys. And we'll see you guys next week. So enjoy the interview. Cody Sanchez, welcome to What's the Word. Well, thank you for having me, my friend. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm truly honored. Now, I'm going to start off with an icebreaker question. And the question is, uh, what was the first concert you have ever attended? Oh, the first concert? I mean, you're coming in hot with a few of my embarrassing secrets now. Uh, but I think my first concert had to be, I think it was Janet Jackson, my friend. I think Janet was up there doing some crazy gyrations on stage, and I was into it at like a ripe old age of, I don't know, 11. Okay. Wait, What? when was this? When was this concert? I mean, this would have been a long time ago. One of my first concerts, I'm a big music fan. So, yeah, this had to be, I think I was 12, maybe I was 12, 13, you know, just getting into the teen years. And, uh, and I can't remember what her songs were at that stage, but uh, she was uh, one of my favorite female performers, just a real tough, killer kind of chick, which I'm into. Awesome. Awesome. Well, now we're going to – now, uh, can you share about uh, your company, uh, CS Inc.? Sure. So uh, essentially what this is is, you know, I have Christy, one of the members on my team, on the line as well. And, and at CS, our goal is pretty simple. It's that we have a belief that if there are more diverse humans in positions of power, we will have a more diverse and conscious world. And so our goal is, is simply to help people who feel maybe a little bit disenfranchised, who are minorities, who are women, uh, specifically I'm Latina and, and a woman, and so I speak a lot to that group about how to leverage the emerging market within you, how to find that weird thing that is inside of you, something that maybe even you see as an oddity, how to turn that into the most powerful thing that you can use, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your career. 
And so, you know, I angel invest in companies that are backed by diverse humans or trying to, to target and help them. And uh, I speak around the country on things like how to leverage the emerging market within you. And, and, and I'm on social media at Cody Sanchez, kind of spitting out whatever my daily thoughts are on time that I've been able to have thus far. Yeah, that's really awesome. There's so... So, of course, now, what's really interesting is that you started your career as an investigative, investigative journalist. Mm -hmm. Now, what led you to transition into becoming an investor? Sure. So, you know, for a long time, I didn't tell this story, quite honestly, because there are some stories that kind of shake you to your core, you know, and, and I believe in holding the gold to a little bit. So keeping those stories for yourself until you, you figure out what they mean to you. And so my story uh, started, you know, my, my family um, is of Hispanic heritage, and I've always been fascinated with um, with Latino culture, with Hispanic culture, with Spanish. And, um, and so when I was a senior in, in college, I actually graduated a bit early and I was a recipient of the Howard Buffett, uh, grant, which is Warren Buffett's son for print journalism. It was me and a group of other people. And we essentially were tasked with writing stories about human strife and struggle along the U.S.-Mexico border. I was in Arizona at the time. So I spent a majority of, of my senior year in college traveling back and forth between not Cancun and Cabo, but uh, Juarez, Agua Prieta, um, you know, different areas across the border where typically we don't go to, writing about how people are left behind uh, in this border issue. And so we we got lucky, quite honestly. We, we were able to write a story. Uh, I wrote a story called Generation Abandoned, which was about, if you were to look at a heat map, if you could imagine Mexico, and then grouped by age, you would see that the people along the northern part of Mexico were much older than the rest of the population. And so we discovered this and, and thought, gosh, why? And the reason is, is because it's very hard to make a border crossing illegally, right? And so um, these elderly citizens were getting left behind. So we wrote a story about a group of them, uh, Los Abandonados, the abandoned. And um, what was amazing is we had our 15 minutes, you know, we we won the, the Robert um, F. Kennedy Award for print journalism. We met Ethel Kennedy, you know, it was exciting at the time, and and I went back and to give some of the gifts and awards that we had won to these elderly citizens who were the subject of the story because they were heart wrenching stories about family loss and and abandonment. And there was one person who was the feature of the story, and her name was Carmelita, uh, and she was ninety. And, uh, and the sweet is like so frail. Just imagine like a little sweet 90-year-old left alone at the border. Um, hadn't seen her family in decades. Carried around this little teddy bear um, called Alberto everywhere she went. And, and had a big smile, of which not a lot of teeth in that smile. And, uh, and she, so I gave her some of the presents and showed her her picture in the newspaper and online and and she said to me something that I'll never forget, which is, um, she said, Cody, well, she really said, you know, dear, um, 
now that everybody knows in the U.S. about our, our struggle, you're going to fix it, right? You're going you're gonna to reunite us with our families. You guys are going to help us. And, you know, I was 20 at the time. I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, I, I didn't have a response from her for her. And I couldn't help her. And I couldn't save it. And I didn't. And she's since passed. And in that moment, I knew that I didn't want to just write stories about diverse humans and struggle and suffering. I wanted to rewrite people's story. And so the long-winded answer is I realized that my belief is that if you don't have financial freedom, you don't have a lot of freedom, sort of a cornerstone. And so I think that power stems from money, and I wanted to understand money. So I climbed at, you know, Vanguard and Goldman and some of these big financial firms in order to understand how do we give those who are disenfranchised, who don't understand money, who, like me, are intimidated by it, how do we give them freedom and power and thus a voice and maybe a pen to write, rewrite their own story? And, and that's how I came to where I am today. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I've... That's, I mean, it, it is true, though, because of the fact that, you know, money is power and, you know, it's like, you know, you have to, you basically got to know how to use it per se. And, and of course, you know, many of us might think, you know, oh, like money is the root of all evil. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's, it's really not, you just got to know how to use it correctly. And so, so how can, so how can you, how can we, sh- you know, get out of the mindset that, you know, just, you know, that money is evil and also to, to basically see money as a tool to, to help people to succeed and to get out of their disenfranchisement too. Yeah, such a powerful question and so important. And we don't ask ourselves that enough. Um, I think there's a little bit of a, a disease an illness actually in our culture and, and specifically, um, you know, this, my generation, this up and coming generation, which sees money as a, a tool for evil, which it can be, um, but it can also be a tool for good. It's just a tool. All money is, is it's a nail. It's a hammer. It's a screwdriver. You could do a lot of bad things with a nail or a hammer or a screwdriver. If you weren't so inclined, you could also build, you could also build shelters. You could also build bridges. You could also build amazingly positive things with a tool like a nail, a hammer, or a screwdriver. So I think we need to really separate the fact that money is an instrument. It is a tool. And the person who uses it can use it for destruction or they can use it for creation. So which one do you want to do? And what I would say to those people listening is one, realize it's a tool. In and of itself, money set upon a table will do nothing. It takes you to do one thing or another to it. And I asked myself this in the beginning. I've never really been that into material things. I like nice stuff, but I travel all the time. And so I can't take it with me. And so I don't care that much. Um, But I, I was able to get financial freedom pretty early in life. And, and what I want people to realize is when you say things like, Money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't matter. They're all just money hungry. Um, they're greedy. Uh, the, the 1% has money and so inherently they're, they're bad. What I would say is question something there. If money is a tool, it's an instrument, 
why are you giving all the tools to somebody else? Mm. Why? Why people who are inherently going to do things like destructive things, like evil things, why should they have the tool while you're sitting there with your hands trying to build and they have a jackhammer and, you know, a backhoe and a billion different tools to utilize? Isn't it better that you have the power and the financial freedom? And so, you know, I, I think if we asked ourselves that question and we didn't think about money like to buy our next, I don't know, fast car or big house, but instead it's a tool that I can then utilize to build whatever I want in life, I think big things would happen. Wow. That's that's something to really ponder too. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, it because basically, you know, we can use it to change the world, you know, if we want to. It's just you have to we have to work out work our way out of that mindset to to get to the point of where we see money as a tool and we need to make we need to make more of it but doing this doing what we love and making money the right way to get to that place so that we can make make a difference in the world for sure i mean one of my favorite mentors in the business nelly galan she was the first female president of a major television network uh, telemundo she always says, uh, and she says to me too, go and make money before you start a nonprofit. You can Ooh. make money first and then give it away later. But starting with a nonprofit, which this is very controversial, so there would be a lot of people that will disagree with me wholeheartedly on this, and I'm friends with many of them. Um, but my belief is that in order for it to be sustainable, for it to continue through time, it has to be profitable. Because if it's not profitable, you're requiring somebody else to be your sustainability. Because you need donors, right? Everything needs money mm -hmm. to continue forward. So I would say go and build a for-profit that in and of itself makes money. And then whatever you do with that money is up to you. Um, but creating a charity, you're inherently reliant upon somebody else. Why don't you build a for-profit company that does some pretty incredible things? It's a little bit controversial, but I, I can't disagree with its truth. No, I mean, no. Can you, can you go in depth about that, though? Because I think really, you know, we might need to understand this more. Sure. So, I mean, here's a couple examples. Um, I'm in a lot of emerging markets. That's where my investment business is focused upon. So I'm in Chile and Mexico and Colombia and Peru. And, and because of that, I'm also in countries and around countries and with uh, citizens from countries like Venezuela, Argentina, Cuba. Um, and in those countries, there's a common thread. And that common thread is socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it, um, in stark comparison to a Chile which is capitalistic, mm -hmm. um, which, which relies on commerce. And so when I tell people right now that I'm a capitalist, I cannot tell you the negative comments I get back. I mean, I as well say that I, I don't like, I go around kicking dogs and I love dogs, so I never kick a dog. But, but people have this idea that to be capitalistic, to be commerce oriented, you are a greedy, individual. And in reality, what it's what's being in emerging markets has shown me is that people who say they're going to give it all away 
and who who are in it for the people and it's all about you know others and you know of course it's not sustainable because we're just going to give it away but people who say that they create Argentinas and Cubas and Venezuelas mm-hmm. uh, because if it's not built on something that's profitable you eventually run out of money right you have X to spend and then you give it all away but you're not refilling the X and so you don't have anything to keep giving away as opposed to like a Tom's model, like the shoes, you know, where his company is built with a sustainable component. He gives away a pair of shoes for every pair that he sells. That I can totally get on board with. Uh, but I really think before you go and build a straight charity, go make some money, learn how to do it, create something sustainable, uh, and and then align it with the cause that you care about. Awesome. That's really awesome. Now, of course, since you mentioned travel, we're going to, we get to ask this question. How, how did you get into traveling? And I noticed that you travel every week, though. So what led you to, to get into traveling? And why is it important for us as entrepreneurs to at least spend a spend extended period of time in a foreign country? Sure. Well, how did I get into it? Um, I suppose as a journalist, the the fact that I spoke Spanish really was the the trigger. And, you know, I talk a lot about finding your unique niche, your diversity, your otherness, that thing that you kind of have that's different from everybody else's and that's uh, marketable and leveraging it. And for me, that otherness is I speak Spanish. Um, I understand let's say the Mexican economy, because I grew up right by it. Uh, and and I'm in an industry like finance where there's not that many Spanish-speaking Latinos. There's even less Latinas. So I leveraged that diverse niche of mine to jobs and titles that I probably would not have had otherwise. I'm a public, public school kid before I went to Georgetown and all that. Um, and my father didn't get to go to college. So... Um, I was able to travel because I found this unique niche that was needed and allowed me a lot of flexibility because I had something that everybody else didn't have. Um, And we all have something like that. It's just whether we want to spend the time diving into what exactly it is. And if we don't feel like we have it, you can create it. You know, there's, you can learn Spanish, you can learn a different language, um, you can learn computer programming. Just whether what you want to spend the time doing that instead of watching TV. Like I don't own a TV. <laughs> so, um, so that's how I started. And then um, I travel pretty much every week now because I'm I'm doing investor meetings almost every meet, week or running around speaking uh, with clients and prospects or building out my team of other people who do the same thing. But you know, to be honest, uh, it's hard. I mean, talk to any consultant who travels weekly, it is not a, it's not a vacation. It's just not, it's mm-hmm. um, office with airport delays and, you know, nine hour red eyes and, um, and all of that. So I have a, a, a belief and a focus in making every day the most interesting day it can be and leveraging every minute. So I, I do fun stuff all the time while I'm traveling But, you know, after traveling like this for 10 plus years, I don't know that that's the goal. I think you should absolutely travel, 
to open your mind up, whether that's traveling to areas inside of your city you've never been to, in different mm -hmm. economic circles you've never been to, in different churches that you've never been to, um, or whether it's traveling internationally. Uh, I think the thing is like eyes open, get curious, and try to break out of your everyday routine, even if it isn't flying like me to, to Chile every week. Oh yeah, definitely, and I and I'm definitely happy that you've been to Chile a lot. Yeah. I've, I mean, it's yeah, I really love that country a lot, and of course, um, but I'm gonna do something a little different. Um, I know you host a podcast, and I'm going to allow you to ask me a question, but I'm gonna allow you to ask me in Spanish, All so right. that you can. So I can uh, continuously, you know, speak Spanish, and then you can translate. Per I se. didn't know you spoke Spanish. This is amazing. Okay, so what's my question for you? Well, pues, bueno, háblame un poco sobre tu experiencia en Chile. ¿Por qué estabas por allá? ¿Y en cuál ciudad? En Santiago, me imagino. No, not, no en Santiago. Uh, bueno, uh, pas. Pasé uh, tres meses en uh, Viña de Mar, well, en Chile, pero los primeros dos semanas fue en uh, La Serena con un grupo. Y después uh, pasé el resto de mi tiempo en la ciudad uh, de Viña de Mar. Y, pa y pasé las, y la razón por qué es porque uh, yo uh, después de graduarme de universidad, you know, uh, yo, yo conseguí una, una, una práctica de marketing, pero la, la coordinadora me dijo que necesita uh, mejorar mi español. Aunque yo gradué con una licenciatura de español. Entonces, pasé un mes en la Universidad de Viña del Mar y después uh, hice una práctica allá. Y, y me encanta ese país de Chile porque porque uh, en uh, más uh, más años atrás yo yo tengo una una canal de Chile uh, TV Chile y entonces yo crecía con ese país también y me encanta ese país ay me encanta qué rico la historia um... Well, and like I just want to say something really quickly for people who are listening not speaking Spanish. I just got to tell you, I love that you you just you threw that Spanish out there. You were like, listen, you're going to do this. I don't even care. This is happening. And and like if I could do one thing different in my life, it would be care less about what other people think earlier on and put myself out of my comfort zone as often as is humanly possible and sometimes even when it's not and i think you just did that so i thought that was awesome thank you now you want to translate to what i just uh, told the audience yeah so so he basically said that he lived in viña del mar in in chile not santiago which is i asked him uh what his story was why why did he go to chile because i didn't know that and he said he went there um and wasn't in in Santiago, but was in Viña del Mar uh, for three months with uh, sort of a focus on perfecting Spanish, getting better at Spanish. And uh, it was part of the University of Viña del Mar for a marketing focus, no? Yeah. 
yeah, basically that there. And it, I mean, it was, it was really cool to have been there. I lived with a host family. I actually, I actually basically, this might sound crazy, but I kind of, uh, I kind of this quote unquote had an epiphany there of what my destiny was per se. It's kind of crazy to, to, you know, to explain, you know, because of, because of what I learned about uh, the history of the country of Chile and like how, like a professor did basically said the United States have a responsibility, you know, to the world. And when he said that along those lines, it just, it just made sense. And I kind of knew that I had to, you know, basically I knew that I knew that it meant uh, making money to help the poor. I just didn't know how at that time, but now I'm, it's kind of on, you know, opening up at the time right now, you know, since we got social media and all this stuff, you know, internet, you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool. Well, I love that. And yeah, I was just on a phone call with uh, a guy by the name of Tim Rhodes, who uh, runs a group called Life Fully Lived. It's a kind of a mastermind about getting after it. And he's a really interesting character who got to retire pretty early. But he said something that I really liked today, which was that in life, we get different incantations. Uh, I'm sorry, if different incarnations. Uh, and so, you know, we essentially recreate ourselves continuously through life with these sort of recycles, almost like um, people do in, in past and, and future lives. And so I, I think that's really true. You have moments where you either break free or break down and, and decide to move forward with what you're supposed to do or retreat back. And, and so you have one of those moments, which I think is powerful. Yeah, def definitely agree. And so now um, I got to ask this question: uh, How how important is social media for for entrepreneurs and anyone really? And which and the second part is which uh, social media platform is your favorite to use? Hmm. How important is it? Well, I always think you should start with the goal in mind in anything that you do in life. And so whenever I'm doing something, uh, I, I try to ask myself, why am I doing this? What is my goal? What do I actually want from this meeting, this podcast that we're on now, this email I'm about to send? What's the goal that I have in mind? So social media, is it important to entrepreneurs? Yeah, it depends on what you want to do. I mean, there's a couple camps of thought, right? Who's more powerful? Kim Kardashian with 50 some odd million Instagram followers or Sheryl Sandberg with a couple hundred thousand? Uh, who's more influential into how the world will run itself? I mean, I might argue Sheryl Sandberg, but somebody else might argue Kim Kardashian because of her public focus and her social media presence. So I think it depends on what you want. Um, do you want your face out there in social media? Do you want your business out there in social media? Uh, or would you prefer to go hand-to-hand -hand combat and, and not do it over the airwaves. Um, that being said, for me personally, I have found social media to be profoundly useful. Very difficult to quantify because I don't sell anything online. I, I don't sell anything to any pale person. Um, so, you know, on my website, it's all just free ideas and resources that I wish I had when I was growing a business. On my Instagram, it's my ideas and how I would go about things and what's happening where I'm traveling. Um, but I don't sell anything, so it's kind of tough for me to quantify 
sales bottom line returns, except with industry averages like, on average, Instagram has a 2% conversion rate, which is one of the highest rates on social media. Pretty low, 2%. But on the flip side of it, never before in our history has it been easier to start a business and to have an institutional, I'm sorry, an international distribution platform at your fingertips in, in the form of an iPhone uh, with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, you have access to an international grouping of prospects and clients. When did you have ever done that before? What a time to be alive. So I think it's really powerful, but start with the goal in mind so that you know why you're actually doing what you're doing every day. And then for me, I suppose, you know, I waffle back and forth. I like Facebook because I find that engagement's really high on Facebook, so lots of comments and questions and asking and conversation. Um, but for my personal consumption, I use Instagram the most. I like that it's curated and it's beautiful imagery and there's quotes and I don't follow everybody on Instagram. I keep it kind of kind of a, a short list. So my favorite to consume media is probably Instagram and my favorite for engagement and conversation is probably Facebook. Awesome. All right. Awesome. So now, uh, now three more questions. Uh, if you had the opportunity to spend one day with someone you admire, past or present, mm. to learn from, who, who would that person be? I mean, I think I would have to go with one of the Stoics. I mean, I think I would have to go with like Marcus Aurelius, Stoic philosopher, warrior leader, um, somebody who had to deal with extreme adversity, um, also politicking, uh, and came out with this like peaceful mind state amidst war and extreme um, difficulty. So I, I think it would be uh, Marcus Aurelius if I, if I had to pick one person. Awesome. Okay. That's a, that's a really interesting, interesting answer there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if it was a person that's alive today, my gut reaction would have to be Elon Musk, just because I think all the stuff he's doing is so out there. But then it might even be like a Jeff Bezos who does it a little bit quieter um, and interested in late of, of, of those that move behind the shadows as opposed to those that do it in the spotlight. And I think uh, I think Jeff's doing some really interesting things. So if it had to be somebody alive, it'd be one of those two. But I'm really uninterested in just meeting somebody and taking a picture with them. I don't care mm -hmm. much. However, if I got to sit down and have a conversation with their mind, uh, that that would intrigue me. Awesome. All right. So now, where can people find out more about uh, your company uh, and also? Your other, uh, the other place where you work at as well? Um, I think probably the best place to find all of that information is my Instagram, which is at Cody Sanchez. Sanchez. Uh, and that way you can kind of stay up to date. The website too, but I definitely post more to Instagram. Uh, and the website is just my name, CodySanchez.com. So either, the, or either of those I'm, I'm very active on. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter as well.
Awesome. Well, Cody Sanchez, again, I want to say thank you for taking the time on your busy schedule to be here on What's the Word. I'm truly honored. Uh, do you have any final words for our audience that is watching here on uh, Facebook Live or who will be listening to the show later on in the future? If I was to leave anybody with, with one one thing, I, I think it would be it would be that the thing that you have inside of you that I realized in life that I had too, um, the thing that you have that makes you weird and quirky and maybe even makes you uncomfortable, um, that other people tell you makes you not enough, um, that people tell you no for, that thing, whatever it is that you are, whether it's that you're Latina and your hair's curly or pulled back too tight and everybody's isn't, whether it's that you're a woman in a room full of men and you don't know how to talk about golf at all, whatever that thing is that is different that sometimes you want to hide, I would really challenge you to sit into it and think about how that to propel you forwards. And I wish earlier on I had thought more about my otherness, my unique thing inside of me, and leveraged it because there are other people just as weird out there as you who want to see you succeed because it will let them believe they can. And I think that's what I'd leave everyone with. Awesome. That's great word of advice. So, Cody Sanchez again, thank you for joining me on this word. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. <laughs>